Kenya's president, Uhuru Kenyatta's directive that cushions borrowers from the Credit Reference Bureau for a year. Who are the winners and the losers? Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I'm Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. President Uhuru Kenyatta announced that negative credit reference bureau reports listed from October 2020 will not apply for another 12 months. The directive applies to loans worth less than 5 million shillings, about 50,000 US dollars. Many economists worry the move is set to heavily impact the Kenyan credit market where banks and lending institutions have been struggling with non-performing loans. We speak to Chachi Mugutu, economist with IC Assets Managers Mauritius, who sees the directive as a welcome reprieve to the SME sector that has been reeling from the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Let me first take the deep dive on the directive around credit reference bureaus for loans below 5 million shillings. That's $50,000 equivalent. A starting point, I would like to say that currently the credit reference bureau's role is basically a bad, bad cop role on borrowers in the extent that they blacklist borrowers whenever there's a delay or they don't honor their loan obligations. So the perceptions among Kenyans is that uh, CRBs are basically a blacklisting tool rather than a good corporal in the sense that they are ideally should help assess credit worthiness of any borrower. So basically right now, the perception is that CRBs are playing a bad cop role as compared to a good cop role. So I think that's the genesis uh, behind the directive by Uhuru, uh, whereby we are seeing that uh, so many people in Kenya are multi-borrowers with loans around 5 million. I still don't know how the 5 million threshold was arrived at, but my suspicion, my my Suspicion is that most of the borrowers in Kenya are small-time borrowers, either basically through even the digital credit channels where most Kenyans have been borrowing en masse. So that, I think, underpins the directive. And to a large extent, even there's a moratorium for the micro and small and medium-sized enterprises in Kenya, whereby they will not be listed in CRBs uh, for a period of one year ending September next year. So that's a big relief to the MSMEs, who some of them, due to reasons beyond their control, they've ended up in the bad books of CRBs. So I think uh, with this directive, we'll see that uh, borrowers will still get better credit ratings or they'll be able to get their likelihood of getting credit will be enhanced because of the lifting of uh, public publication of uh, the borrowers in the CRB's record and also the moratorium from MSMEs in Kenya. That's one. But on the other side, what's the impact within the NPL growth? I think that's a bit neutral in the extent that uh, the NPLs are measured within the banks and the financial institutions, whereby if you fail to repay a loan within a period of 90 days, that particular loan ends up in the non-performing loan category, which is different from the CRBs. So I don't think there'll be an impact of 
this Uhuru Directive on the NPLs as a whole in the industry. Currently, the NPLs are at record high of around 14%, which was as a result of the pandemic. Before the pandemic, I think around 11%, 12%. Now it's plateaued at 14%, but I don't think it will come down in the foreseeable future. But going back to the question, the reprieve of borrowers below 5 million shillings, they will have a better chance of getting loans just because uh, of not being listed in the CRBs. Now, quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. According to the African Development Bank's latest economic outlook report, East Africa's GDP growth is projected to recover at an average of 4.1% in 2021 from 0.4% in 2020, supported by the global economic recovery. However, the slow rollout of COVID-19 vaccines and risks of spikes in infection could dampen the outlook, the report states. East Africa's external public debt, like that of many other African countries, has become more market-based and less concessional, which increases rollover risks. A U.S. government agency has delayed the disbursement of $500 million loan to finance the entry of a Safaricom-led consortium into the Ethiopian telecoms market, citing uncertainty of the ongoing unrest in the country's Tigray region. The U.S. International Development Finance Corporation said it was still weighing the escalation of armed conflict in the Horn of Africa nation before it could release a loan. Kenya Pension Funds Investment Consortium and Nairobi Securities Exchange have signed a memorandum of understanding to support infrastructure financing and development through the capital markets. This is expected to lead to the growth and deepening of the country's capital markets. The pension sector regulator, the Retirement Benefits Authority, recently introduced infrastructure as a distinct investment category under the pensions fund investment regulations. This allows the pension funds to directly invest up to 10% of their portfolio in the asset class, potentially unlocking approximately 140 billion Kenya shillings for infrastructure investments. And a look at the markets. Oil prices took the path of decline the last week, a legitimate delay given the course taken since the beginning of the year. High prices have embellished the accounts of main producers who have unveiled results up significantly. This is particularly in the case of Total Energies, Eni and Ikuno, to name only the main European companies. Brent crude oil is trading up at around 83.5 US dollars per barrel, while WTI is trading above 82 US dollars. The ounce of gold is still rubbing up against the psychological barrier of 1,800 US dollars, which the barbaric relic is struggling to break through. The selling trend also concerns the industrial metal segment where copper, nickel, and aluminium have paused. On agricultural commodities front, wheat is back to its highest level of the year. Wheat has not escaped the rise in commodity prices, with its price jumping more than 25% year over year. Global strong demand and supply, depressed by poor weather and low inventories, are contributing to this rally. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or want to check us out or check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can always find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me on all social media platforms at Ruth Adon. Thank you.